0: Hi everybody, welcome, welcome to worship. Happy New Year, we're glad you're here. We're so excited to worship with you today here at Schweitzer. Wherever you're at, we're glad to be with you. Today we begin a new series, a new series called All Together Now as we explore the Book of Acts. And Pastor Jason's gonna lead us through the scripture as we look at how God uses everybody to change the world. If you're a first time guest with us, thanks for being here. We're really glad to be with you. We have a gift for you. Check in with us and we'll send you a digital Starbucks gift card right away. Now let's hear from Stephanie who has an update for us about Schweitzer.
1: Hi, I'm Stephanie. Happy New Year. With the start of this new year comes some great ways for you to get connected with our in-person and online classes. We have some great choices starting up the week of January 12th everything from discussions on the sermon series to the book of Proverbs, to prayer, to leadership. You can find out more and sign up at sumc.co slash classes. And if you've been checking out Schweitzer for a few weeks or months, either online or in person and are interested in learning more, we invite you to join us for our virtual all-in session on Tuesday, January 12th at 6 p.m. During this online session, you'll meet the pastoral staff and find out even more ways to get connected. You can sign up online at sumc.co slash all in.
0: Thanks, Stephanie. We invite you to engage today. We have a chat feature on your screen. Say hi to your friends, wish them a happy new year. Also, if you'd like to pray, we have people available to pray with you. We would love to do that. And now KJ is gonna lead us in worship. Let's worship God together.
2: When night has fallen, when fear is calm, still you're calling me. When faith is lost, my hope exhausted. You will be my strength. when my mind says I
0: Now as we come to our time of prayer together today in this new year we're going to uh, pray in a new way a fresh way we're going to pray together the wesleyan covenant prayer and it's a prayer that allows us uh, gives us the words to recommit to god our lives to live in the way of jesus this prayer has uh, been prayed by people for hundreds of years now and still has such deep meaning it is a prayer of uh, really a a prayer that expresses our heart before God, what we've committed to, and God's grace will allow us to live out. And so I invite you to pray together with me the words on your screen. Here we go. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what you wilt, rank me with whom you wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee, are laid aside for Thee, exalted for Thee, are brought low for Thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things and let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield, yield all things to Thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Thou art mine and I am Thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven, amen. And now I invite us into a time of silence so that we can reflect on these words that we've uh, expressed to God. So let's, uh, let's just reflect. now as we come to this time of offering, this is our opportunity, our privilege to give back to God out of all that God gives to us. We thank you for your generosity, your gifts that make the transformation of lives here on this campus, around the world. We are grateful for all that you do. You can continue to give at sumc.co slash give and now let's continue to worship.
1: Welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Jason and I'm so glad that you've joined us in worship today on the first Sunday of a new year. I hope you've had a great time celebrating Christmas. I hope in that sense of celebration you've been reminded of God's goodness, of God's love and care for the world, and of God's presence in your own life, leading you, being with you right at this moment. As we turn the corner from Christmas and think about going into a new year, we're also going to be in Barking upon a new journey as we take up the book of Acts and we enter into a new sermon series called All Together Now. In this series where we look at the at these early stories from the book of Acts we're going to be hearing about how God has been active in the lives of people following the resurrection of Jesus and what God began to do and what God began to stir up in their own time in their own place. As we do that we're going to begin asking the question what does that mean for us? What does God want to stir up in us? What does God Want to, how does God want to be at work in us and to take that work in us and to share his light, his hope, his life with the world around us? Really throughout these stories, there is a, a call for each and every one of us. There's this picture that all of us can be involved in what God is up to. Uh, recently, I don't know about you, but I've been paying attention t- to football and I've been watching football all across this fall. And PepsiCo has created an ad that's caught my attention. It's it's caught my attention because in some ways, they're saying that all of us are in this space. Let's take a look at this ad that's caught my attention.
3: Football was a passion that turned into an
1: obsession until one day I became an optometrist
3: that watches a lot of football. Pepsi, made for football. Watch it.
1: Pepsi. Made for watching football. Now, I love watching football. And some of you probably love watching football, but some of you probably love watching all kinds of other things. Maybe it's basketball or volleyball or theater or all kinds of things that you could love watching. And yet, even as we love to watch sports or entertainment, other things, don't you have somewhere down deep in the you know, where it matters in your life? Don't you have this desire that it would be more fun if you were on the field, if you were in the arena, if you were actually playing the game, playing the sport? I think um, our culture has brought us to a place where it says it's okay to be on the sidelines. We've got experts for the things that really matter in particular areas in life. And yet when you and I pick up the pages of the book of Acts, what we're going to see is that all of us, all of us, who are touched by God, embraced by God, and responding to God, all of us are invited to be people who are playing on the field in some form or fashion. And there's a way that God wants to to curate us, to cultivate us, to grow us, to bring us into his work. And so we're going to be taking a look at these early pages of the book of Acts. And as we hear these stories, the the question that's coming to us is this. How does God want to do a work in us? so that we can be people on the field of play that God wants us to be involved in. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to begin uh, reading along with me this work from Acts 1. Acts 1, verse 1. In my first book, Theophilus, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen uh, apostles further instructions through the holy spirit during the 40 days after he suffered and died he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of god these first three opening verses from from this letter tells us three things first one is that there's a person who's writing this story down and the person who's writing it is is luke the person who wrote the the gospel under under that name. And Luke is somebody who's traveled and he's heard the stories of Jesus and he wrote those stories down. And then the the length of that story gets to a place where he has to do a volume two. Both of those stories are about what God is up to in his world. And this is the second volume of that story. And the point of of hinging between stories is around Jesus' resurrection and the days that happen after that. Luke tells us who he's writing to. He's writing to somebody by the name of Theophilus. And Theophilus is a Greek follower of Jesus. He's, had the, he's heard about the resurrection. He's had the power of God at work in his life. And he, like a lot of other people, are saying, we want to know more. There's more to growing in the faith for Theophilus and for all of us. And so Theophilus is hungry. And so when we come to Scripture, we should be people who are hungry to know more of what God has been up to so we can imagine what God wants to do in our present day. And then Luke tells us what Jesus did in those 40 days after his resurrection has been part of the church's ministry to one another ever since. It's a time when we gather, when we tune in, when we have the manifestation of Jesus among us. In those days, Jesus showed up and he showed himself. He showed uh, He showed his hands and his side. He, he showed that he could eat. He showed what the resurrected body was like. When we gather, we're reminded of God's activity in the world and of God's activity in our own lives. And we hear Jesus remind us of what the kingdom of God is like. Years ago, I came across a song that, that really gave a, a, a general sense of the hope and the prayer that we have when we gather for worship. What is it that we need when we come to a place, whether it's digitally or in person? What is it that we need? We really need Jesus to show up and The song that was written in the 1800s goes something like this. Jesus, stand among us in your risen power. Let this time of worship be a hallowed hour and breathe your Holy Spirit into every heart. Bid our fears and sorrows from each soul depart. Thus, with with girded footsteps, we'll pursue your way. Jesus, stand among us. We all need Jesus to be standing in our midst, to be speaking to us, and for us to be hearing him. Well, let's continue with the reading. Acts 1, verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commended his his listeners, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Jesus replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up in a cloud, and while they were watching, they could no longer see him. And as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. "Men of Galilee," they said, "why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, and someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go." What comes in this season between the resurrection of Jesus? and his ascension into heaven, is that Jesus has some basic teaching to share with his apostles, with his disciples, with us, about what is to come next. And there's a few things that just come out of, especially of, of, uh, of 1 verse 8, chapter 1 verse 8. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses, telling people about about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When we hear what Jesus has to say to his, his disciples in that, in that place and to us now, one of the things that we hear Jesus saying is that we are to be people who are sent on a mission and the mission is to be witnesses. We are to be storytellers of what God has been up to in our lives. A New Testament theologian, Craig Keener says, sometimes we mistake storytelling and being witnesses For people who have all of the facts down pat, we've got all of the pertinent facts that we might think are are necessary. But he says what we really need is we really need to have the work of God's story present in our own lives. And we need to be able to tell that. Also in Luke's gospel, Luke tells a story about when Jesus came to a man who was possessed by demons. And Jesus cast the demons out into a herd of pigs And the man comes to Jesus and he's thankful for what he's done. And he says, Jesus, I want to travel with you and I want to go with you. I want to be a part of of your crew. And Jesus says, "Uh, that would be fantastic, except that the place where you live, the place where you're from needs to know the power of God that's been at work in you. And you are really the one that's fitted your key to telling that story. And so Jesus sent this one that he had been released back into his own hometown to be a witness. What is it that the world needs to know about what God is up to at the moment? They need to know how God is at work in in my life and in your life. They need to know how the power of Jesus' resurrection has so met us and shaped us that we have a sense of hope, we have a sense of love and joy, that we've got the power of forgiveness at work in us and we can extend that to other people. How do we do that? We live it out and we talk about it. We talk about God's good gift to us. So Jesus says, there's a mission I have for you, to be storytellers, to be witnesses of what God's been up to in your life. We might ask the question, well, where does God want us to be a witness? Where does God want us to tell stories? Well, in the book of Acts, Luke says, Jesus says, you're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is an adventure that Jesus is calling us to that goes way beyond what we could normally think or imagine on our own. This is a, this is a mission that has great ambitions. Jesus is saying <clears throat> everywhere is a place where the story of God needs to be told. The disciples are not necessarily at that same place of when, when they're in this conversation with Jesus. Luke in, in um, chapter 6 or in verse six, says that when Jesus is standing among his disciples, they ask him, hey, Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel, our kingdom? And Jesus has to say, wait a second here, folks. That question is is really not for me to answer. The Father knows when all kinds of earthly kingdoms are going to be restored. But what I'm really interested in is the kingdom of heaven coming to all of the places of the world that you can think of or imagine, of the kingdom of heaven coming and reaching and touching everybody that is on this planet. That's what God's heart is beating for. So Jesus says, I want you to be people who tell what God is up to, and I want you to go everywhere to do it. But before we can be witnesses, before we can go all around the world, all over the globe, Jesus says there's something we need. And he says this three different times. He talks about how we are to be recipients. He tells the disciples early on, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father has sent the gift that, I've, that he's promised. He talks about how we're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, he talks about how they are to be people who receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Three times, Jesus refers to the Spirit because he's telling us deep down that, that we may have a story to tell but our story doesn't necessarily bring with it the power of transformation. We may be able to go all over the globe, but our going doesn't necessarily bring that point that brings transformation. The power that brings transformation isn't us, but it's God, and it's God working through the person of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. So Jesus says, you have a mission, it's a mission that we all can play in. And the mission is a massive adventure in which we are invited to think about taking the story of God to our own homes and to the cities and the places where we live and to taking it next door to places that we, we don't necessarily want to go. Taking the story of God all, all over the world. But to do it, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need God's power poured out over our lives We need to not just be repentant of our sins, but we need to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the presence of Jesus inside of us doing a work in us so that that's what we tell and that's what we convey. And so as Jesus is given this mission and he's given this scope and he's given this reminder of a promise, there's one thing or maybe two. There's one thing that Jesus has his disciples to do in this moment, and that's to wait Wait for the outpouring. Wait for the power of the Spirit to be poured out in their own life. Waiting is one of the hardest tasks that the disciples have because they're doers. Waiting is hard. And, and Jesus invites us all to wait. But he also says something about where we wait and it matters. You'll, you'll notice down near the end of that reading as the disciples watched Jesus ascend into heaven, they just stood there for a while. And then a couple of angels appear, Luke says, and they say, why are you waiting here? Where they waited would matter in their own life. Tradition tells us that the disciples went from the mountain and they returned to Jerusalem. And the place they returned to is a place that was familiar to them and is to us. It's not named in this reading from Luke, but tradition tells us that they went back to the upper room, the upper room where they would celebrate the Passover Uh, meal with Jesus, where Jesus would take some bread and he would say some things like, this bread is uh, my body, which is going to be broken for you. And they would look at it and they would say, Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? They wondered greatly about what he meant by these things. And they would watch Jesus take a cup, one of the four cups that were set out to celebrate Passover. And they would hear how Jesus would say, This is a cup of a new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And they would wonder what it was that Jesus was up to in that moment. And yet, as they went back from the mountain, back into Jerusalem, back into this place where Jesus had told them to wait, that in that place that had all of these memories, they would be reminded of how God had been faithful to them. They would be reminded of Jesus' words, of what the kingdom of heaven was like. They would be reminded that Jesus had prayed for the Holy Spirit to come and he breathed upon them. They would be reminded that Jesus was with them and he was leading them and he was showing himself to them. They were invited to return to Jerusalem to wait. Where is it that we're asked to wait? For us, when we're We've got a sense of mission, maybe. Maybe we we know a story that we need to tell, but maybe we just have have a moment when we sense we are called to wait. Where is it that Jesus would have us wait? He'd have us wait in a community that reminds us of what the kingdom of heaven is like. He'd invite us to wait in a place where people are praying that he would stand in our presence and we would hear words from him. He, He would invite us to wait at places where the Holy Spirit is poured out that we might drink and and be covered with the Holy Spirit, so that we might walk in the ways of God, with the power of God, with the presence of God inside of us. So Jesus gives his disciples and he gives us a glimpse that all of us can be a part of what he wants to do in the world, that all of us are invited to be a part of his playing field. We don't have to just watch from the outside. But all of us, whether we have faith or we want to have faith or we know we need faith, all of us can be a part of what God is up to. That the spirit that was outpoured upon his his disciples is something that can be outpoured upon our own lives. And waiting is an invitation that comes to us from Christ. And he says, as you come to a table where there's bread that's been broken, and that's been blessed, you're reminded of how God's been at work in our world and in us. And when there's a cup that speaks to us of a new covenant, we're reminded that we have a story of a good and beautiful and true God who's called us to walk in faithfulness with Him for each and every one of us to respond in faith. So today, if you've got the elements of communion, if you've got the bread and the cup, I'd like to lead us in a brief moment of prayer as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and make these gifts be reminders to us of what God is up to in our lives. Jesus and Holy Spirit, as we're gathered in this place, Would you take the elements that have been placed before us? The bread, the broken bread. Would you remind us of what you've done to save us? And Holy Spirit, would you be poured out upon the bread that it may be for us the body of Christ who redeems this world and that the body of Christ might nourish us? And Holy Spirit, would you be poured out upon the cup of wine And may the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all of our sin, may his gift today cleanse us, renew us, and make us glad in the work of Jesus. Friends, take these gifts, the bread and wine, take them to your comfort, feed upon Christ, dine with Christ, and hear Christ give a blessing over your life and the life of this world. May we know the love and the power of God and may the Holy Spirit be poured out upon us all. In his name we pray, amen.
2: kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with Are yes and amen All oh, your promises Are yes and amen Beautiful Savior Me from the ashes you have broken every curse.
1: thanks for joining us in worship today there's a lot of people that were involved we are so glad for each and every one and we're really thankful for our production crew that helps make worship in this digital space a great experience for all of us if you found encouragement today I would hope that you'd take a moment to share this like this uh, give this as an encouraging word to those in your life who need it the Lord loves you the Lord loves the whole world thanks for joining us today in worship God bless